Welcome back, everyone, to another RLT Pivot Podcast. My name is Tracy, and I am once again joined by my amazing co-host, Mr. Dan Jansen. How are you, sir? Doing awesome, doing fantastic. Uh, Got to see some great RLT traders uh, for at least a a little bit in Vegas. So pretty pretty, uh, pumped to be coming off of that as well. So... And uh, we, I also met, uh, I mean, she she listens to the show, but I think it was, Heather was there, and she's like, yeah, I listen to the Pivot Podcast all the time, and super helpful, and anytime I hear that, and, and I don't know, uh, she actually wrote us an email too, so I don't know if you saw that, Tracy, but- uh, I did, case, actually. In case you didn't, yeah, she's yeah. an awesome person that uh, I got in, to meet in, in that's Vegas. That's great. There. I even saw uh, her comments in, uh, in YouTube, because she's been commenting on her show, and it's been great, and I told her to reach out to us, so I'm glad that she did, and you know, maybe we'll see her on the show one day. Love it, love it. Yep. But uh, today- for, uh, for this episode of the Pivot Podcast, we're going to be talking about the top trading indicators uh, and just kind of have a, a general overview of... We're going to start by I mean, actually, you know, explaining what indicators are, because I don't know if, you know, it, maybe everybody doesn't know what they are, and maybe, you know, we can teach a few things right now, you know, about leading and lagging and all that point. kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah why don't you start point. out? What is an indicator? Yeah, so I... Uh, basically with the chart, with the, if you're, if you're brand new, absolutely brand spanking new to trading, it's, it really is a different language, right? It's, it's something that you just kind of have to get used to and what everything means. And you'll see, uh, if you download thinkorswim or you go on trading, you'll see little candle bars that go up and down that tell you volume. Um, and then there's indicators that, that people have created to help interpret some of that information and maybe hopefully help it to become easier to read or um, once a certain signal pops up or, or if a certain indicator is showing something about volume, that might be something that a trader might use if they like that indicator and it helps to kind of develop their plan a little bit. There is, uh, <laughs> I don't even know how many indicators are out there, but there's got to be a, a million indicators of, of everything and Again, it, it depends on what you look for. This the type of trader you are. You might be looking for for different indicators. Um, so what what do they do? Many, like, what's what's the point of an indicator? Like, the p- point of the indicator is just kind of giving you that little bit of extra information that maybe you can't you you can't assess at least very quickly from looking at the candles. Or again, it uh, when, when in the chat says it indicates. That's a good one too. <laughs> Uh, it, 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 would, it should give you a little bit more information that helps to kind of mold your trading style. Right. If you guys have ever worked That's with spreadsheets. That's when you should buy yourself. Right. So, and if you've ever worked with spreadsheets, if you've ever seen like a pie chart or a line chart or a, or a bar chart or anything like that, it's a way of organizing data in a way that's more visual for you to be able to pick up information quickly and interpret that information quickly. And that being said indicators take information from the data and the data that it's looking at is volume price those are the things that it's taking and from that it's interpolating or in putting that data into the indicator and then spitting out another image or another visual for you to be able to uh, understand it if that makes sense so what would be the difference between uh, a leading indicator versus a lagging indicator. So yeah, uh, good question. So so anything leading is 
giving you a sense of direction of what's going to happen in the future. Anything lagging is based off of uh, information that has already happened. Both both could be useful in a sense, but they're going to be used for, for different aspects of trading. So if you're trying to follow trends, obviously you need to know where the information was before, what the stock did before. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the indicators that would be lagging would be like the EMAs, the SMAs, which is simple moving averages. Um, I would say most probably indicators fall in the lagging department. They're all using information that's happened. All um, but two. All but two. Yep. You, <laughs> the, your favorites. If anybody's seen a, a pivot podcast before, you probably could guess this, but go ahead, Trace. Volume and price, volume and price. So go. any anything that derives it's or is just showing volume and price, uh, those are the, you're going to be your leading indicators. So Anytime you take an indicator and it's taking information from volume or from price and then it's calculating it and then spitting something else, that, that's what's called a derivative and it gets further away from price. So it takes a little bit of time for it to interpret that information and then spit something out. So that's why it ends up being lagging. And the more information it has to process, the further it lags. And so there are some great ways that we can actually work around that. So what are some of the ways that you might use your lagging indicators, for instance, like actually, let's let's talk about what are some of the what are the top three that you use? Top three indicators. Top top three would be the VPOC. Uh, I use the EMAs, and then I'll I'll typically I'll have the RSI on the screen. All right, so RSI moving averages, and you're talking about the volume pro, uh, point of control. Uh, so volume. volume point of control okay. is a, uh, that would be a leading indicator. Um, yep. But the other two would be lagging. So let's talk a little bit about your moving averages and your RSI. How do they help you with your trading? Yep. So uh, in terms of the, those two lagging ones, again, anything that is on the screens as far as EMAs, we, we have a 10 EMA strategy at Real Life Trading. We, we trade a lot. We have the, uh, people will keep the 50 on the, the 20 on the, the 100 whatever time frame it is essentially if it's a hundred hundred uh ema on no matter what time frame all it does is calculate the last hundred candles right the the 10 ema gives you the last 10 candles so you could you can get from that maybe if if the stock has momentum if it's pushing in a certain direction uh it's not you're not getting into a stock that's just kind of trading flat and you rip your hair out before the before the, the last final bell rings and nothing really progressed. So you can use it for that. But then I think the EMA is also important to, if you're incorporating it for stop rules, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have certain rules in your plan as to when you could move stops or um, if if something is below the, the 10 EMA, typically it would be viewed as maybe a little bit weaker. And maybe your rule is I could only take it if it's above that. Mm-hmm. The other big thing with the, the EMAs is it, it's a... It's its strength is the fact that everybody else will use the common ones too. Not everybody, but a, a large amount of people will have the the twenty on the screen. Mm-hmm. They'll have the fifty on the screen. They'll have the hundred on the screen. Two hundred. Those are those are just bigger time frames. Again, they're all based on past information. But typically, if everybody has it on the screen and they're looking at those as a target, mm-hmm. all right, then then self fulfilled prophecy where everybody just sells at that price because. That's what they think they should do, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, all right, well, if I know everybody is probably going to, that's going to cause some kind of resistance, 
maybe I should take some shares off. Or maybe if I could design my trade, I could be out before we we hit that certain spot if we had to. Or for, again, for the stop movement, maybe if we start dropping below it, I don't know. Maybe the the bulls are giving up if we're going bullish, and maybe it's a good time to start to to move that stop up and start either locking some of those gains or or losing less on a certain trade and and try to find something else. Mm-hmm. Um, RSI is is the relative strength index. That was probably one of the first indicators I think I ever used. I used a, back when I first started. It was uh, RSI MACDs. MACDs I don't really use too much anymore. I know some traders still do, um, but RSI gives you as a move is happening. You kind of see if there's any divergence, uh, meaning that yes, a stock is making new highs, but the relative strength index is showing like yeah, it's kind of overbought. Maybe this is not the right time to to follow the herd and jump in and try to play that mo- momentum when it's already a little bit overpriced. doesn't mean take a trade or not, but I'll use that as more of a reference just to, to just to give me that second, second, just insight of, of how I'm feeling compared to what the market is telling me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing. The RSI is definitely one that um, I've used in the past and it's uh I mean, it is what it is. It's it's a relative strength indicator. Now, the problem is, is uh, you know, people use the terms overbought, oversold, which is on most indicators. That's a an area where you know the indicator's high. It's ten, tends to be known as overbought, and when it's low, it's oversold. Uh, the problem with that is it can actually, I think, create kind of an expectation in your head, and if you don't understand the indicators themselves that can kind of get you into trouble and i know newer traders will have a tendency of selling every time that you know the rsi gets high and every time it gets low they'll buy and really because it's a relative strength indicator if the market is trending then you can stay in that high zone for a very 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 long time and you can continue to bounce into that high zone so it's showing you that it's strong but if you're not trending then that's a totally different scenario, right? So really, if you understand kind of where you are in the market and you understand how the indicators work, you can start to adapt how you use them. So for instance, if you're in a consolidation, you're best to be looking when the indicator, when the RSI is high, you know, that's going to be a time where you're going to be looking to sell at resistance. And when you're in consolidation and the RSI is low, that's when you're going to be looking to buy at support, you know, and then that divergence that you're talking about is something that, really shows when when um, it helps because it, one of them is saying, hey, we're showing that we're going down, but really we're going up. The momentum's going up. So maybe things are changing. It can give you an indication of when things might turn around. So that's probably the best way to use them. But I would highly recommend that you understand the, the indicators that you are looking at, understand what they mean, understand, you know, what are they actually measuring? Because a lot of people, I think, are looking for those indicators just to tell them, hey, get in, get out. And uh, there's more to it than that. And that's why yeah, but, I prefer volume and price. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah. I think that um, with, with the RSI, it, and one of my favorite parts of it is the divergence. Mm-hmm. And I, I find that that's typically reliable. The, the question is, like, it still doesn't tell you when. right? Yeah. It tells you, like, it, it gives you an idea of, like, hey, you know what, maybe... Maybe I could follow the stock a little bit closer, uh, but I, I've seen traders, and I was one of them when I first started, where as soon as we got to the over oversold or overbought, then I was short. I'd be mm-hmm. like, okay, that's time to short because this thing just crossed that 70 on the RSI, and that means it's overbought, so I'll just take it and wait. And then I found out the hard way that, no, nah, it doesn't mean that at all. It's just 
like it could keep going, but again, just put caution to it. Maybe, maybe yeah. watch the trade a bit, a little bit closer. Uh, see if there's anything else that you might like in the trade and, and don't, don't jump in or maybe wait for some kind of pullback first. And, and so it, it's got, it's got its benefits to it. That's why I like it. Uh, divergence on it is probably my, my favorite thing to look at just to help, help me sort out out of all the stocks in the market, which ones I want to kind of take. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So no, that's, that's perfect. Now, what are some of the pitfalls that you might run into when using indicators? Can you think of any? Um, yeah, for anything lagging, any of the, uh, the, the lagging indicators, it's not Miss Clio. There's no, there's no Miss Clio indicator that tells you like, this is definitely what's happening in the future. But I, I think people over rely on some of the lagging ones mm-hmm. and that could cause a little bit of uh confusion in the markets, a little bit of stress getting trade. How come every time I take a trade, it doesn't work. Um, so that would be one is, is people are basing their future trade on, on all the past information. And then two would be that just having too many indicators could, could make somebody just not want to trade or never give somebody a signal to actually trade. Because if, if they have 15 different indicators on the screen and <laughs> your rule on your plan is they all have to be a perfect match. Yeah. Great. If it happens, terrific, but there's very few, very few trades. Overanalyzing is, is what Lucian's saying. Oh, 1,000%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the overanalyzing can, can actually kill somebody's PL. So is there a magic number? Is there a magic number of indicators that, uh, you know, kind of amend a max type of thing? I would, I would say no. I, I would say no. Because everybody, for, for me, I, I found my sweet spot with the RSI, the EMAs, um, and then using using like the volume profiles and, and things like that. That's that's where I I felt most comfortable. Uh, VWAP as well as is, but that's similar to to VPOC in a sense. But um, I'll use those indicators a lot, and that's just what I got comfortable with. Right. So I don't want to. For me, I wouldn't want to tell somebody if if you're making absolute killing in the market with twenty indicators on your screen. I'm not going to tell you not to do it, right? <laughs> Maybe there's ways we could cut something or make it less stressful on, on day trades. But if, if that is somebody's sweet spot, great. Yeah. Fantastic. Otherwise, um, less is more, I think. For, for me and I think for the general population of people, less is more, right? Don't, so, there's no need to have so many things. Find what you find valuable. Mm-hmm. And understand what, it, what that indicator does. I think that's a big, big issue too is – Somebody will watch a YouTube on some kind of random indicator or signal, and they're they're not sure why it ticks the way it does or draws the image the way it does. And they're just going, okay, this is this is my buy sell indicator for whatever reason, just arbitrary. Yeah. So un- understand what that's going into, what it's actually reading, and then if you can incorporate that into your trade or use it as a guideline, I, I think that's the better way to go. Yeah. Well, we have all heard of Jeremy Newsom. We all know who he is. We all love him. He's a great guy. He's an incredible trader. And we've seen him trade a lot with just candles on his chart. And, you know, candles are an indicator. It's a, it's a representation of information. It takes what's happening in the market with the open, low, high, close, all that stuff, puts it together, and then it throws an image at you that you can now interpret that information based on. He has learned how to read candles so well that he doesn't need those other indicators on 
the chart. And the reality is if you actually master price and you master volume, you won't really need to. Most of the time, Jeremy could probably tell you where the 10 is, the 10 EMA is. He can probably tell you where the RSI is, where the MACD is. He could probably tell you where those levels are pretty close uh, just by looking at the candles because all of that stuff comes from the candles and then gets interpreted through, like I said, math and what have you. So if, if you were to be a new trader, the best thing for you to do is really, really focus on learning how to read price action, price action and volume action. It takes the most time, but in the long run, it's the one thing that's going to make you the best trader out there. And it's going to give you the longevity in the market. And that's one of the reasons, like I said, that if you've ever seen him, it's not a magic trick. This is skill where he's learned how to read the candles really, really well. And when you get familiar with them and you understand them and you understand how all of that works, it's pretty reasonable to say, yeah, this is probably going to pull into the 10. It's probably diverged. It's, there's the VWAP probably. You know, you can get an understanding just from the price action itself. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, 1,000%. Yeah. I, I think sentiment, sentiment of the market and uh, the price action is determining really what's happening in the market and everything else is trying to give you the uh the short chapter book on on it and giving you that guidance a quick reference something to look at and say mm -hmm. okay well this indicator agrees with with what i'm thinking but yeah just just reading the candles mm -hmm. um and and i think two indicators are a little bit of a crutch for a lot of traders because they they it takes a while to learn the the only way to you can learn what a candle is and what the opening price was in it where the momentum came in that candle, where maybe some kind of resistance came in within that candle. That that's all stuff that you could pick up a book. You could we have free free education on, on uh reallifetraining.com where you could check that out. And that, that will help. But the only thing that's going to really help you understand the price action is time. Right? Time time in the market, looking at the screens, taking back trades, paper trading open markets. Um just the more the more you're in front of the screen, the more you start to see how things move because something happened, right? So just mm. because you have one single candle doesn't mean that the next candle has to do something. But if you could look now at the couple previous candles and kind of understand the momentum and train of thought, who's being trapped on trades, that's something now that you have valid information and you're, you're trading because somebody else is emotional mm -hmm. in a sense, right? It's giving you that extra little edge in the market. And like, like anything, you just need a little edge in the market to be very, very successful and make a just absolutely ton of money reading, mm -hmm. reading charts. Right. Now, can you explain, because there's two different types of indicators, you know, you've got your oscillators and can you explain the difference between them? Uh, for, for indicators? Yeah. Like what types, because you, you've got trend following indicators and then you've also got momentum or strength indicators, right? So what would be an example of an oscillator, for example? Uh, so, so just the word oscillator there's a ton of oscillators on mm -hmm. many different indicators that could represent something different um yeah when when saying macd all all of that uh, and when you have trend following and you have momentum momentum you typically are expecting that trend to continue um and you're you're trying to to base based on what happens previously that this should continue because the trend is still holding, right? That might help you to stay in trades longer. Mm -hmm. um, and Momo is giving you that, like, okay, we have momentum, meaning we have more people, and that's where you get some of the squeezes and some some heavy pushes because 
now you start getting the, either the FOMO buys of people like I'm missing this entire trade and helping to push the trade up, or you have uh, just the people at the other end of it getting squeezed, mm-hmm. right? Which is, again, something that you could probably look at even finviz.com and see how many people are short on this thing. And, and that's where you get the extra momentum. The trend is, is just t- telling you, all right, well, is this thing trading? Is this trading positive or has this been trading negative for the last year and a half? If, this, if the mm-hmm. chart just looks like it's about to jump off a cliff, maybe maybe fighting the trend is not the best thing. And uh, even with that, I, I think people that come into the market, um, and I guess it's because of the reversal type theory, like people want to, people want to buy low and sell high. That's the phrase they hear all the time, but they're trying to do it to the exact penny. I need to get it to the exact low. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes now they're catching knives and, and they're, they're losing, but they're looking at, well, I'm, if they look back at the trades, they're going bullish every single time we're in a, just a deep downtrend or, or vice versa. So right. uh, those are just indicators that will, that will allow you to get into trades. Again, just incorporate certain things into your plan. Back, Back to just reading the charts and sentiment, I tell people all the time, it's you could have the greatest strategy, you could have the greatest indicator that you deem great, and if you're doing it at the wrong place on a chart, it's relatively useless, right? If you're not, if you're doing at all-time highs on a stock where now you're taking breakouts, you got to look at sentiment and see that, all right, well, there's probably a lot of people profitable, and yeah, even though the trend is great and looks good, Maybe that's the time to buy the pullback, not the breakout, right? Just understanding the dynamics of the market and who's actually making money, who's losing money, and then using some of the lagger indicators maybe or oscillators to to your advantage for guidance. Right. And I, I think it's important to note that because, you know, understanding that there's a different type of indicator, you know, trend following, you know, we've all traded with the Momo indicator, I'm sure. And if you haven't, you know, there's lots of videos out there on our YouTube channel that talk about the Momo indicator. But, you know, when you get into that chop where you're getting pushed in and out of trades, if generally speaking, that's the wrong type because of the wrong time to be using a trend following indicator because the markets are moving sideways and that's where you're going to get, you know, by the time it gives you a buy signal, it's at the high end of the channel. And by the time it gives you a sell signal, it's at the, you know, the low end of the channel and you're getting in on the opposite end of where you should be. And that's where those strength indicators, those oscillators that are showing you the overbought, oversold are going to play more favor. They're going to be more um, effective in your trading. So the first step really is to be able to identify clearly where your market is. Is it sideways? Is it up and down? Like what time frame? Because you can have going sideways on a larger time frame, but trending on a smaller time frame, et cetera. So understanding that and being able to identify what the market's doing can help you use the appropriate indicator at the appropriate time. And that's really what it's all about. So yeah. And the moving averages that you talked about, those can help because the direction those moving averages are going, if they're going flat, you know, you're pretty much sideways. If you're going up, you tend to be trending up. If you're going down, you're tending to trend down. So you can look at the slope of those moving averages to kind of help you. But the biggest the biggest aid is going to be those candles, the candle action, the price action, the way the chart's looking and taking a bigger zoom out. So, yeah. yeah. I, I think we have... Um... I think if you're using a lot of the indicators as telling you maybe what to buy or what to keep on your list to, to watch, they'll tell you maybe what to buy. They'll mm-hmm. give you a good setup for here's the here's the top five stocks I like today. Um, they don't really tell you when to buy. And, yeah. and I think 
as soon as an indicator clicks buy or sell, or it's overbought, oversold, or we just broke its NMA, it doesn't necessarily mean that's the best time. So that's where I think a lot of the the learning to read the sentiment, learning to read those I candles, I, I think they're going to help a lot more and just really boost somebody's P&L at the end of the year. Yep, absolutely. Totally agree with you. So, but Dan, I mean, once again, we had an amazing show today, I think, and it's always a pleasure joining with you and uh, I look forward to it every single week, but I think we're out of time. I, I this, That's the worst line I could ever hear <laughs> on the Pivot Podcast. We're out of time, but the good news is we will be back next week. We do appreciate you guys tuning in uh, either live with us during the All Access Real Life Trading Pass or catching us each and every Friday when the episodes get released. You guys are incredible, and we'll catch you guys next week. 